where we last left off, you guys had begun the final steps and preparation to make your way back towards Nicodronus. You had successfully executed the diversion. You had successfully uh, defeated the pirates that tried to steal the ship that you were supposed to burn, and then you stole it from them. Um, you made your way to sea, uh, defeated the trap, discovered the three chests containing the remains of the um, the head of the Cobalt Soul from 15 years ago, although the entity that you discussed that with was not aware that 15 years had gone by. You then set about spending a, the better part of a day and a half doing repairs and trying to get the ship at least to be a little bit more seaworthy and can pass inspection for once you make uh, the docks of Nicodronus. It was at this point fire seemed to get into a conversation with a dragon turtle. A dragon turtle that actually responded to her um, as it was approaching the ship. Um, something in regards to she had sent me and yes, you are here. You guys then did combat with the dragon turtle. Uh, the, the ship did sustain more damage. Um, a very prolonged fight that saw one of you disappear underneath the water. And where we last left off, there is a great white shark in the water that is Sam. I believe Asborn and Mara are both treading water on the side of the ship. The rest of you are on deck. I believe Tobias is up in the mast. As you guys watch the dragon turtle begin to submerge with the grisly remains of Sigward in its mouth. And that's where we last left off. Um, Sam, give me a perception check, please. Yes. Um, perception. As Wait, as a shark. That's right. Correct. Hold on. I did not have that prepared. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I for, like I knew that I was there, and I still forgot. I'm um, I still have my brand up also. Yes, you okay, do still have your brand up. So you so I need you to give me perception with advantage, please, Mara. Okay. Seventeen. So between the two of you, Sam and Mara, um, what'd you get, uh, Mara? Uh, Mara was seventeen. No, Sam. And I, oh, what, sorry. okay, wait, sorry. What is perception on there? It's intelligence wisdom. or wisdom? Wisdom. Wisdom is, oh, I got a four. So a I'm four. just a little frenzied in the water. Yeah. So <laughs> you're watching Asborn kind of looking about your what, as she seems confused as to what just happened. The ship is still teetering right to left from when the massive dragon turtle leapt up onto the deck, pulling Sigurd off of the deck of the ship. Now a great white shark is in kind of like a frenzied circle pattern trying um, her best to discover the direction that the dragon turtle went in. However, for you, you sense the direction that the dragon turtle has gone. It has gone directly down about 150 feet and your mark is on the very edge of being gone because of how quickly 
it is moving away. And we are currently um, out of and we're currently out of initiative at this point. <coughs> I'm gonna look at it. Asborn. Um do we follow? Do we follow? I mean we can try. We should try. Um okay, can I try to like get so yeah, Samara's attention, kind of like splash. <laughs> She's a jerk. <laughs> sure. I'll say, um, uh, Samara, in your confusion on the direction to go, you can see both Mara and Asborn attempting to get your attention. Um, okay. Tobias and Fire, uh, what are you two doing up on deck? Um, screaming, it took Sigurd, it took Sigurd, it took Sigurd, and pointing okay. down. Tobias, from your position up on the main mast, um, you saw the entire thing play out below you. You know that that dragon turtle managed to get Sigurd into its mouth and take it with it. And also from the height, you can see the very tiny diminishing shadow of the dragon turtle as it is going deeper into the water. What would you like to do? I'm like, Sig! And I leap off of the mast and dive into the water. Uh, give me acrobatics, please. Did okay. I cast water breathing on him? Yep. Is he one of them? Yes, okay. I believe he is one of them. I am one of them. Oh, let me see. Um, oh, I think Fire has it too. Fire, right? Sam, Tobias, and Mara. I think Asborn is the only Mara already can. Asborn is the only one. Sorry, let me get my character here. Well, yeah, because you know you only had four hours to get ready. Uh, I know, I know. Didn't think about it. Okay, so acrobatics. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. You actually like kind of do a quick little mousy jackknife and a, uh, a a half twist and you go right through the surface of the water in time to see a great white shark circle back towards Mara and Asborn. They seem to be having a discussion. You look up to see fire pointing in a particular direction. What would you guys like to do? Um, if I can get Samara close enough, I want to grab her top fin and point in the direction I sense the dragon turtle. Okay, fair enough. You're faster than I am. Okay. Um, I, I obviously can't say anything, but if she's holding on, I'm going to start swimming down. Okay, so Mara and Samara, you are going to attempt to pursue, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay, that leaves Tobias and Asborn in the water. What are you two going to attempt? Anything? I want to try to grab hold of the shark, too. Okay, you're relatively light. I'll say, unfortunately, Asborn would make you too heavy if all three of you grabbed onto the you know, the Great White. There's a limit. Um, even though your strength... Well, actually, let's take a look at your strength. Well, Asborn can't breathe underwater. Is she coming? Yeah, I, I, I'm going I'm to have to stay on the ship. I can't I was going to say, we, we can't really leave the ship anyways. I mean, unless we're, like, abandoning it. Right, I'm right. still on the ship. So I'll say Asborn and Fire, since you two are staying behind, uh, give me two perception checks really quick, please. Okay. Let me get that. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Nineteen plus nineteen. 
the two of you recognize there are there is some immediate damage that needs to be dealt with on the ship um from the water line from where you are asborn you can actually see a very small thin crack in the side of the hole where the turtle had slammed into it and it looks like it might be seeping into the second deck um of the lower portion of the ship um fire you look and see Asborn point to the hull. You quickly run over. You go down to the first deck. Nothing. No sign of immediate problems. A lot of the cleaning and you know, uh, you know, getting rid of the debris and stuff has been reshuffled, and 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 new debris has been um, kind of like sullied about this deck. Uh, but it mm-hmm. seems dry. But as you start to head down into the second deck. You, your feet get a little wet from about a quarter inch of water that's beginning to build up on the interior hull of the ship. So with that, the three of you, Tobias, Samara, and Mara, you're going to begin a pursuit after this dragon turtle. Um, Mara, your perception was spot on. You have a distinct sense. With Tobias and Mara clinging onto your back, Um, Samara, you head off into that direction, moving at a very high rate of speed. Um, Now I need you to give me perception with advantage, please, uh, Samara. Okay. Perception with advantage is 17. 17. Now I need um, survival with advantage. Survival, which is also wisdom. Correct. Or is that intelligence? No, nature's intelligence. Survival's wisdom. Oh, I had a plus three to perception. I'm sorry. That was a 20, not natural. But I'll do the survival. Yeah, you still rolled high enough for the advantage, so that's fine. And then it's a natural 20. Whoa, okay. So as you pursue in the direction that Mara pointed, you can feel both Tobias and Mara hanging on. Tobias and Mara, give me athletics or acrobatics, please. The shark is booking it. She is going very fast. 13? 18. 18. Uh, Tobias, you watch as Mara slips off her grasp, slipping. She's tumbling backwards towards you. I'll give you an attempt. Oh, to, I'll give you an attempt to grab her. Your okay. your check was high enough. So Mara, give me a deck save with disadvantage. Oh, disadvantage! Great. Yep. Um, fifteen. Fifteen. You see, was fifteen at the last no. minute. <laughs> the last minute, Tobias got his hand hooked around the dorsal, and he quickly grabs onto the harness of your of your leather uh, armor at just kind of holds on to you and both of you just feel the fish buck up slightly and then go like twice as fast and dip down. You realize she's in a very faint bubble trail. There's a distortion of water here. She's on the very edge of this creature as the two of you pull back up onto her dorsal fin, looking over her head and Samara, you see this as well. Although your vision is slightly odd because you are using the vision of a shark but your sensory perception of your nose picks up on the energy and the movement in front of you um you could just barely make out maybe 200 feet in front of you 
the thin shadowy outline of a contrail of bubbles that are gradually expanding back in your direction and the shadowy shell form of something going from left to right. And then every now and then a small cumulus cloud of turtle dragon blood kind of bubbling past you as this thing is still suffering from some pretty grievous wounds. You continue your pursuit. Yeah, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Okay. We cannot talk, correct, underwater? Correct. Um, I will say, and well, you know, if you have any magical means to communicate with her, or if you attempt to, like, nudge or physically touch Samara that you think would be familiar to me or to her, you can always try to do that and then, you, you know, see if she understands what you're trying to tell her. No, I was, was going to try to talk to Tobias while we're hanging out, you know. Um, yes. When she turned into the bear last time, I was riding her and kicking my heels in her. Yeah. So I'm going to do the same thing to the shark. Hopefully that she'll kind of remember. Give me an insight check really quick. Okay. Me or him? Uh, sorry, Tobias. Okay. Insight. Okay. Uh, 19. You have a distinct memory of she was not thrilled with that form of communication. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, throw the, just throw that out there. Uh, you are on the back of a great white shark in the water, and you're about the size yeah. of a... Um, a tiny well, little chocolatey morsel of okay. goodness. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll pat her on the side. Like fair, fair enough. Um, okay, you like you go to kind of give her a quick little jab with your heel, and then you have that memory of after the zombie attack when you guys were in the garden. She seemed a little miffed, and then you quickly change your procedure. You kind of pat her alongside the gills. Um, Samara, this gives you the distinction that they're aware of what you're doing. They're holding on, um, and you're able to speed up because of this. Uh, give me a give me a perception check, really quick, Samara. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, with advantage or by itself? By itself this time, because this time the turtle is contesting your pursuit. Twenty-two. Ooh, you watch as the turtle leans right, left, back up and down in these weird zigzag patterns. It looks like it's trying to stir up the water and move about and attempt to lose you. It does not succeed. You gain about 30 feet on it. You're now 170 feet from it. Um, Tobias and um, Mara, um, because I screwed that up, you are a water genasi, Give me both of you. Give me acrobatics or athletics, uh, Mara. You get advantage because you are in your element. All right. Uh, I got a sixteen. Ooh, much better. Uh, yeah. Twenty-two. Okay. Uh, the both of you anticipating Mara's movement slightly, holding onto the dorsal, looking beyond what she can see. She seems to be keeping pace with this creature. Another thirty, forty, fifty feet go by. You seem to finally be gaining on it. Um, Globules of blood kind of getting a little bit denser, you know, kind of popping off the side of the shark. Um, back to the ship. You guys haven't named your ship yet, have you? 
I forget. No. No. Okay. Uh, so back to the ship. Um, Asborn, you successfully make it back up on deck. You join fire down below. You do have repair equipment. You do have material. You can try to stop the leak with if you want to. I will try. Okay. So, That's my goal. All right. So the two of you are going to be doing some repair work. So both of you uh, get – well, you can either – one of you can focus – so that one can help, or you both can do separate repair work. What would you like to do? Is it? It's How bad is the damage? Um, looking here, there is a series of hairline cracks running along uh, about a twelve foot section, and then further down near the front of the ship, you can see where a six foot section and a very thin spray of water is kind of leaking and, and spraying upward. Uh, but it only seems to happen every time the waves shift. You're kind of right on the water line of the ship. So sometimes there's no water, but as soon as like a wave kind of crests into the side of the ship, water kind of sprays in through these hairline cracks. I'm going to work on the one farther away. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll work on one, he'll work on the other. Okay, fair enough. Um, You guys gather up the appropriate canvas, hammer, nails, tar, the Typical equipment. This is not all that dissimilar from when you helped deal with the damage and issues with Qualysha ship. With the exception, these are more manufactured goods as opposed to magical goods that you dealt with before. Uh, So I'll say you're familiar. You're not proficient, but you're familiar. Um, So both of you give me sleight of hand checks. Okay. 18. 18. Okay. Fire. 12. 12. Um, fire, give me performance with disadvantage. And Asborn, give me performance with advantage. Performance. Wow. Thank God I won in that one. <laughs> Didn't do much better, but that's a 7. 7 plus 4. 11. Seven. 11. And fire? 7. Okay, so fire. You're, yeah, you're struggling. Um, you're not stopping the leak at all. You've managed to get part of the canvas up, but it doesn't seem to be very effective. Man, uh, the tar as- is sticking in my fur. <laughs> uh, Asborn, you're doing okay. You've managed to get some of the canvas nailed down. You're getting the tar applied. Um, you're about a third of the way with your repair work. Um, both of you can hear... The shifting of the ship, the creaking. It's strangely quiet now after the fight. Um, back to the pursuit. Um, Samara, because you rolled so well previously, give me perception with advantage. Okay. Um, not as great. That one is 11. 11. Um, now give me survival with disadvantage. Hello. Oh, no. All right, survival. Oh, why disadvantage? I had a 19. (laughs) All right, I got an eight. An eight, yeah. You, Tobias Amara, you feel the shark begin to slow slightly. Um, She seems to kind of rear back a little bit, turn side to side. Looking right and left, you can still see the bubble trail from the direction you think to go. But you don't see the shadow of the dragon turtle anymore. It, you, you think it might have successfully managed to evade you, but the direction of the bubble trail still leads slightly um, north 
uh, west deeper into the water and slightly down. And I use my mark. How long does it last for? It says until I drop it or take a rest, I think. Let me double check. Okay. And also, what's the max range or is there no range? It doesn't give a range. Um, okay. So whenever you dim... Whenever you damage a creature, you can choose to sear an arcane brand. Um, you always know the direction of the branded creature each time the branded creature deals damage to you um, or a creature you see within five feet of you. It suffers two psychic damage. So That's this, all it says. The yeah, brand lasts until you dismiss it or apply it to another creature. So you currently cannot see the dragon turtles. So you would not have a connection with your brand, correct? No, I'm sorry. There was a, a pause I just read really quickly. Oh, okay. <laughs> you always know the direction of your creature. Okay. And each time the branded creature deals damage to you, it suffers damage. It's two separate things. Okay. So there's no duration on there whatsoever, huh? No. It lasts until you dismiss it or apply it to another creature. This is one of those spells I'm not... What's it called again? Branding Smite? Brand of... No, brand of castination, brand castigation. castigation. I don't have my glasses it's a, on. I just it's realized. A class feature, I, right? Yeah. It's a class feature. Oh, it's a class feature. So it's going to be feature. Or, no, it's not feature, it's feet. Sorry. Feet? No. Um. Interesting. It's part of my um, um, Ghost Slayer. Being a Ghost Slayer. Oh, yeah, that's right. You took Ghost Slayer. Um, yeah. All right. So for flavor and continuity, we'll say that you, with your sense of understanding the direction you think it is, <clears throat> you nudge Samara slightly <clears throat> in the direction you think it is. So... Samara, now give me a regular survival check. Okay. Uh, 19. 19. Um, suddenly, you dip back up, look in the direction. You see the faint, the very faintest outline. The turtles managed to get slightly further away, um, but you pick up on it again. And there seems to be something about 100 feet in front of you that seems to be floating and beginning to float and, and kind of toss and tumble in the water. Uh, do I see that? Cause, or is, do I just sense it? You see it because you have to look past it to see the direction that Mara is pointing. All right, I'm going to swim up to that then. Okay, as you swim, you keep your same pace. You you swim very fast towards it. Um, as all three of you get close to it, it appears to be a armored leg with a boot. Oh. Aww. Like like a the the leg itself. It's yeah, you leg. can even see the macerated bone and the meat, um, and then the armored plating and then the boot. It looks like it might be Sigurd's leg. Gross. Okay. Oh. I'm going to keep oh. going then. Okay. You <laughs> you watch as the, as the lake tumbles past the three of you uh, back to the ship. Um, uh, Asborn, give me sleight of hand. And okay. Fire, give me sleight of hand. 
Seven. I'm not there. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Fire. Light of hand. I rolled. I rolled. Uh, Thirteen plus three. Sixteen. Sixteen. So go ahead and give me performance with advantage. Asborn, give me performance with disadvantage. Sixteen. Okay. You managed to recover quite well, Fire. You seal up the the section you were working on, and you've got about a third of the work done. I got an eight. You watch as the canvas and tar you adhered to the planking begin to burble and pop off. You can hear a couple nails rip through the canvas. Give me a quick deck save to see if you can recover from this. 17. 17. You don't gain on it, but you don't lose any. Ooh, okay. Back to Samara. Samara, give me a survival check again, please. Just regular? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> that one. That one. Um, you suddenly lose sight of the turtle. Um, Mara, you watch as Samara suddenly stops up short. Off to the right, you can see um, a section of what might have been the turtle's fin at some point, And maybe some of the damaged meat had tumbled off. You're watching as this gradually growing cloud of shark, of sharks are beginning to swirl about. The three of you are beginning to watch as on the edge of this swarm of sharks, you can see these, at first they look maybe six, seven feet in length. You see the occasional 20 foot shark, see the occasional 25 foot shark. You're watching as this growing cloud of sharks seem to be frenzy feeding on a piece of the dragon turtle. At this point, you have lost track of it. Your mark is telling you this thing has sped up, Mara. It is moving quickly. It is severely damaged. I'll, I'll give that as an insight based on its frenzied behavior. And it's at this point, Fire, you hear a voice in your head, a familiar dragon turtle voice. Hmm. This one tastes funny. Oh, I start... Okay, as much as a cat can cry. I start, like... I don't know. Like, unhappy cat sounds. Asborn, you pick up on this. Mara, you're beginning to feel this might not be possible to pursue. You're out in the middle of a very deep ocean. You're barely able to keep a sense on this. Even Samara seems to be a bit tired. In fact, if you guys try to keep this up, you may incur a point of exhaustion. Oh. All right. I'm going to I'm going to like tap on Samara's side to try to get her attention to stop. Okay. Uh Samara, um, you, if- you you feel you you kind of get you've kind of gotten used to what the taps mean and you feel that familiar tap that um uh uh Mar would like you to maybe slow down or stop. Okay. I'm going to kind of look at Tobias, look at Samar, and I just point up. All right. So you guys begin to make your way towards the surface. With that, um, Fire, Asborn, uh, give me sleight of hand again. Oh. Okay. 
17. 17, okay. 11. Oh. 11. So, Asborn, performance check with disadvantage. Um, fire, yeah. performance check with advantage. Oh, yay, an advantage. I rolled a 19. Nice. Six. Uh, Asborn, once again, you don't seem to be making much headway. What you worked on seems to be leaking again. Give me another deck save to try to save your work. Okay. Cool. Seven. Yeah, so fire, just as you're tacking in and sealing the smaller crack that you were, or the portion of the bigger crack that you were working on, because Asborn had gone up towards the smaller part of damage, you tack in your last nail, you apply your last brush of tar, you kind of wipe back some tears and look over in her direction. Her work has been shattered. The crack looks like it's gotten a little bit bigger and the flooding a little bit worse. She is not doing very well. Help! Um, help! Is mine still... Is mine done or does mine Yours still need one more? Yours appears to be holding. Okay, then I'm going to go help her. Okay, so you make your way over to Asborn and the two of you begin to work on it again. So... Who's going to be the focus? It's either going to be you or Asborn. It's up to you. I think you're you. better at this than I. I'll help you. I don't have, okay. Well, I'll say, like I said, it's not that you're proficient at this, but I would say that your time with fire, or your fire, your time with Tobias, you've definitely yeah. been around a lot more carpenters and dock work and, and ship work. I mean, Asborn Sinclair is a Sinclair. I mean, she doesn't do this kind of work. <laughs> and I was on a ship. This is for... supposed to be a cover. I don't know actually how to be a sailor. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. So go ahead and give me slide a hand with advantage. Okay. Woo, natty twenty. Nice. I will say I got twenty three. Now give me um, performance with advantage. Fifteen. Okay. Nice. So I will say. The two of you recovering, managing to do this work, you recover the damage that was caused by Asborn's uh, frustrated work. You tack the remaining ca canvas down, and the two of you manage to get uh, this leak plugged up as well, and you begin to make your way towards the bilge pump up front to try to get rid of as much of this water as you can. Um, Samara, Mara, and Tobias... You feel the cold draft of the air hit you as you poof, kind of semi-surface to the top of the water. Um, Samara appears just to be floating there about a thousand or so feet off to your left. You can barely see the ship, the direction that you came from. Um, all around you, maybe 60 to 100 feet in different directions, the fins of sharks can be seen. You even see um, uh, wisps of cloud and other horizon um, activity that, you know, you need to make a survival check for this. It doesn't look like a bad storm, but there definitely appears to be rain on the horizon. What would you guys like to do? I'm looking at... Uh... I, I obviously can't talk. A big, I'm look giant, over. great white eyeballs staring at both Tobias and Mara. Because I'm like, why did you tap me? Ship. 
What was do that? I do I understand speech when I'm in animal form? Like I understand them, they just I just can't speak to them. Correct. You you have a basic okay. understanding of what they're saying. Correct. All right, so I'm going to start swimming back then. Okay. Um. So you do more of a steady cruise on the way back. You make it back to the ship with no problem. You can see on the side of the ship, um, where the two bilge sections are. Water is coming out. So obviously some repair work has started. Uh, Mara and Tobias, you make your way up onto the deck of the ship. Um, I'm assuming, Samara, you're going to drop Great White, or are you going to keep it up? And now I'm going to drop it so I can okay. climb back up. Okay, you drop it, you climb up the ladder. Uh, the three of you are standing on deck just in time to watch Asborn and Fire come up from the uh, decks below. They are soaking wet, much like you guys are soaking wet, except they have Globules of tar, pieces of canvas, bandaged fingers from bad hammering. Um, you can even see a globule of tar in fire's fur with a nail stuck to it as they kind of look at you, at the three of you expectantly, but not seeing Sigurd. What would you guys like to do? We lost him, guys. <sighs> Well, Dragon Turtle contacted me. What did he say? Bastard said Sigurd tasted funny. Hope it makes him sick. I hope he's so. gonna he's he's gonna come back. He didn't get what he wanted. Did he want fire? He's wounded now, but he's going to come back. Those things don't give up. Um, I don't remember. Did Fire... She didn't have time to tell us what he said, did she? I don't recall. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Wait, what he said about what? But Right before he attacked the ship. They oh. were communicating silently. I don't think any of us knows what he said. Officially. Okay. So then never mind. Meta, 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 meta yeah. seagulls. Why? 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 Fire! 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 Well, um, I guess best thing would be to get out of here so he can't find us again. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, let's get to where are we headed? Where are we? I think he was wounded, and we should have taken him out, but. I mean, at this point, he's already beyond our reach, so I no. guess we're we're on to Nicodronus. How far away from Nicodronus are we? We're like two or three days, weren't we? Well, you, based on the repairs you had done up to that point, you were maybe a day and a half away. I mean, it's just now getting on towards um, mid-morning. Um, you guys had woken up to this disaster that has now um, unfurled around you. Um, the ship has taken about 30% more damage. It's going to be a bit slower now. You're probably now a solid two to three days. And having this conversation, you guys are staring out onto a horizon that is gradually turning into potential bad weather at this point. Can we see the coast or are we too far away from the coast to see it? You guys are pretty far away at this point because you kind of did that on purpose to 
track the quickest route to Nicodranus rather than following the coastline. It was easier to go from the very tip of the peninsula, clear across the open or portion of the bay and try to cut around to get quickly to Nicodranus. This right. interaction with the dragon turtle and the damage and the chart mistake that was incurred the previous day has kind of thrown you off course a bit. So you're further out than you intended to be at this point. So you're probably now a solid half to a day away from the safety of an inlet or bay. And you're at least maybe based on the charts and everything that you've currently done up to this point, two to three days away from the harbor of Nicodranus. Or you could attempt... How far away is the, the storm? Can we tell? Um, give me a nature check, please. Does this storm feel at all like the other giant storm <laughs> that found us? Uh, give me an insight check. Sorry, my character sheet went to sleep. Yeah, they do that. The hazard of having it on technology. <laughs> uh, 12 for insight. Okay. Uh, it's hard to tell. I'm waiting on the nature. Um, I would say... From your perspective, it moved quicker, seemed more ominous, and a lot more lightning. This has the appearance of a very green-blue skyline, a very typical spring storm that's not too uncommon. 19 for me for the nature check. Yeah, it's maybe a day away. This thing so we will, could make it to land. It's possible. I mean, this thing will probably get to you by the morning. Okay. Guys, I think we I think we need to make it to land because this ship isn't gonna this ship isn't gonna last in a storm. Okay. I mean, yeah, is that cool? Yeah. Well, when we get to land, are we abandoning the ship and walking in like we originally were doing, or are we like hunkering down and waiting out the storm? Hunkering down. I mean, we can figure, I, either way, we can start making it to shore, and we can figure it out when we get there. I'd rather not abandon the ship. Okay, well, because if I remember, isn't our anchor not great? Um, not yes, our anchor? You, you do have some concerns about the quality of the anchor. Um, you guys did do decent repair work on certain parts. Currently, the new damage that's been done is mostly to the hull of the ship. Um, the mast work seems fine. Some of the sail work that Samara and others spent time on seem okay. Um, the rope replacement, some of the rope repair seem okay. The deck of the ship is surprisingly in decent shape considering what happened. It's mostly on that port side of the ship where the encounter took place with the dragon turtle. It seems to have done the additional damage. Um, and I'll say you guys, even during this conversation, drift down below um, to take a look at the repair work that had been done. It looks okay. It seems to be holding. There's some concern whether or not it will hold in a storm, but it seems to be holding. This is uh, where we find out who's a sailor and who's a land lover. All right, Captain. You want to sail on? Orders. <laughs> sail on to Nicodranus. I was thinking you- sail on. I feel like if we if we land this thing, we're going to lose it. Yeah, yeah, but if we exactly. if we sail, but if we sail on, we're not going to make it through the storm. That's Might, <laughs> and we have little tenders to get us, and we can breathe underwater if we need to. We'll be okay. What? Okay, if if I can if I can take a <laughs> <I> quick. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought I had already turned it down, 
I thought I was just I thought I was just moving it from another channel at at, at pause, and it was already at play. So sorry, guys. Well, that was a fast thunderstorm. Yeah, wasn't it though? It, it happened. I rolled a natural twenty, and Yorm is pissed. Mm. <laughs> um, for a short, sorry, quick, quick DM question. Shoot. For a short rest, do we get any of our spell slots back or no? It depends on your character. I don't. Normally, you don't. Um, well, some. Where would it say that? It, it will. It'll. I feel like it's only a warlock that gets them back, isn't it? Uh, a wizard, a traditional wizard, I believe, at a certain level, starts to get spells back. Um, if you go to the short rest button, it should tell you what you do and can and can't do. It just says recover wild shape, reset maximum HP, and then druid. It gives me my hit die. Yep. So I guess not. Yep. Well, I was going to say I could. Back. No, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say if we control water, if you, if fire, if you can control water, maybe we could create a current to try and rush us along a little bit, so we can beat the storm. Because we're uh, we're far away from Nicodronus, but the storm is only like a day away. So. I mean, what we're if gonna... we save our control water and we keep the storm away from the ship a little bit, like the the rainwater and stuff, beating well, on the side of the ship? Have... But it wouldn't be necessarily that. It would be like the wind would be the problem. You know? Yeah. True. Can uh, Can we take ropes and stuff and maybe like just strengthen everything up in case we get you know, high winds. Yeah, I mean, and I can I can cast mending on whatever else needs fixing. The small stuff. Okay. But I'm like really low on spell slots and my shit is kind of useless right now. Well, we'll get underway and then you guys take a, you guys take a rest and I'll pilot the shit. I don't need a rest. I can help you. Okay. So, uh, I just I just need a hit dice rest. Okay. Let's say um, Tobias and Mara consulting the charts, trying to see what the best route to take back into the bay and try to get into the shelter of the bay. Um, the so either one of you do it, or one's helping the other, or what's the what's the plan? Um, I'll help you. One advantage. So Tobias, go ahead and. Um, Give me a survival check. Uh, let's see, survival. What do I get on that? I rolled a nineteen. Let's see what I get, and so it'll be uh, dirty twenty. Okay. Um, looking at the chart, you and Mara kind of uh, a chart. Uh, uh, use some uh, of the charcoal pencil. You draw your lines. You look at the way the land formation is. Um, you, you may not make it. it it's the ship is just not able to move as quickly as you need it to. Um, but you might. It's hard to tell for sure because of the overall condition of the ship. But there is a section of the bay. Um, and looking at the map, there does seem to be a little coastal town in the shelter of the bay. And there's a name on the map called Hollyhead. Have I heard of Hollyhead? Uh, Mara, give me a history check. Have any of us heard of Hollywood? Oh, terrible. Um, 11. No, it's unfamiliar to you. Weird. Never heard of it. 
And how long, how far away is Hollyhead from Nicodronus? About a day and a half by the chart, because you kind of have to go back a little bit into the bay to get some shelter. Um, and I would say overland, um, probably a couple days, three days, based on what you're looking at. Um, by sea, if you can just get the ships kind of repaired and in some kind of more functional order, you you can get to Nicodronus from Hollyhead in a day, but you still are not 100% sure about the condition of the ship. Okay. Let's make for Hollyhead. We'll, we'll anchor and we'll do repairs. And then when the storm's passed, we'll head to Nicodronus. Well, and maybe that'll give us a better chance to get our ducks in a row for when we get to Nicodronus and they want actual paperwork from us. We got paperwork, right? Yes. You guys, I thought we, I thought we made it up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, salvage shit. Yeah, with uh, you guys made it up because uh, as uh, Asborn Sinclair has bought and sold ships numerous times, and using her name this time made sense because of the overall condition of the ship. That's right. I forgot that. Okay, no worries. I mean, it's only been four days since we last played for crying out loud. <laughs> and everybody almost died. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys right. plan? Let's let's make for Holly's head. Holly head. Okay. So, Are the sails already un sails already unfurled? Is everything prepped for us to go? I'll say that that'll take some time for you guys to do that as well. Um, however, okay. anybody who is taking a short rest, go ahead and take a short rest. Um, so, uh, load up your hit die, do whatever you need to do with your short rest. Um, other than Miss Sinclair from, 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 uh, uh, the Morrow Valley, um, the rest of you are pretty used to this kind of rugged work, especially Tobias Fire and Mara. Um, this kind of getting the sails ready, not proficient at it yet, but you understand how to do it. So you don't really need to spend much time checking. The weather hasn't gotten bad yet, so you're able to scale the the masts relatively easily, do some basic repair work with the rope. So for the next four hours, you guys make a steady course into the bay. Um, you just are coming into the very edge of the bay. Um the, the skyline's getting a little bit darker. Um, it's now early evening. Um, the afternoon and mid-afternoon was spent getting into the bay. However, to see how well you do that, uh, Tobias and Mara, I'll say you're at the helm. Uh, Tobias, give me a sleight of hand with advantage. Because Mara is helping you. Uh, so it'll be a dirty twenty. Okay. Um, the helm is still the helm and rudder still aren't quite as good as they need to be. You still struggle a bit, but you manage to maintain um, the speed and the headwind's not too bad. Um, and you guys traverse the very entrance of the bay. Um, you're looking towards uh, past the entrance point. It's the last of the light goes down rather early as the edge of the clouds have overtaken the horizon. Um, you can feel that cold kind of damp moisture of a rainstorm 
that's just on the edge. Maybe it'll probably start either in the middle of the night. Um, as it gets darker, um, I'm assuming everyone's on deck. Yes. Um, Hi, I'm. Okay. I, I always love the way Fire says that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, they are all roll for initiative. No, <laughs> all right, everybody give me perception checks. Okay. 16. 19. Okay. Uh, 11. 20 not, 20 not natural. Got a 13. Not even my passive perception. Asborn, what'd you get? 16. Sam and Tobias, at one point, while other people are working on other things, Tobias, you take a break from the helm to allow Mara to give you a a quick rest while you go and get a bite to eat and pour something to drink. You run into Sam at the same time. The two of you are standing there next to a large box where you're um, enjoying a quick snack. The two of you watch as somebody steps out of the darkness, walks to where the two of you are. On the ship? On the ship. And a very familiar figure, very familiar female voice, long dreadlock hair, uh, her serpentine-like look. The form of Fortuna is standing there, staring at the two of you. She looks distinctly at you, Tobias, and in a very low voice, as if not to be heard other than by you and Samara. The others have not noticed that the two of you are currently standing alongside Fortuna. Well, Tobias, it would appear that you've made your choice for doing this favor for the gentleman, correct? Uh, you mean the ship? Yes. And everything on it? Yes. Fair enough. Um, perhaps this will help. And she pulls a small leather journal and some rolled up papers out of her fold of the cloak that she's wearing and hands it to you. Um, this is the entire log journal and ownership documentation that we obtained, um, back in Port Diwali, uh, some time ago. Um, the gentleman was very specific that I get this to you. Ah, tell him thank you very much. Good. A pleasure doing business with him. Ah, yes, he is an interesting one to work for, I will admit. Um, Samara, um, because you guys performed so well and did almost what we expected you to do, um, I was tasked with giving these back to you as well. And she hands you five vials of fluid, thick viscous fluid that's inside of it. Um, We may be scoundrels and assholes, but when you fulfill your oath, we return what you gave us. Uh, We have no need of these anymore. And she hands the small bag over to you, which would appear to be the blood oath samples that were taken during your time in the Myriad Tavern. Uh, side note: Do I know? Do I know what we need to do to get rid of it, or do you just like open it and then it's done? They're just actual vials of your blood. 
Um, no, I know, but is there like anything like a curse on them, or like is there um, like a loophole? That- give me, give me a quick insight check. We'll see how much you can glean from some of the behavior that's been going on. Okay. Uh, I'm um, at- nineteen tw- insight is plus one, so it's a twenty, not natural. Yeah, the Fortuna kind of brings up her very slender hand and covers her mouth and kind of giggles a little bit. She goes, "Oh, yeah, I'm, um." I can tell by the look on your face that you're somewhat confused by this. If you give these to Mara, she'll understand exactly what um, I use them for. They're simply tracking devices, dear. They're yours again. You can destroy them. Thank you. No, I don't destroy them. Yeah. Uh, Why not? Fortuna. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, yes, Tobias. In all this, we lost Sigurd. He... All the times you've encountered her, it's been... She's always been in control. Even at the point where she forced the gentleman to calm down and behave, there's a moment of panic on her face. Just the sheerest, barely tipping of her hand moment of panic. You watch as if someone could turn a mouth upside down in a very distinct, she's frowning. She looks slightly concerned. Watch as she closes her eyes. Yes, it would seem there's a little bit of truth in that, Tobias. That is a real shame. I had hoped to have a conversation with young Sigward. Um, I was unable to draw blood from him, and from that <sighs> point on, I kind of had an understanding of what he might be, but I was hoping to confirm it. Um, that's a shame. That's, I, I, do, um, I do apologize for that happening. Um, can I ask how it happened? What Inspired. Can I can I ask you a question in return? Oh, you can ask all the questions you want. I can't guarantee an answer. You know about dragons. What do you know about turtle dragons? Ah. We had one on our tail. Turtle dragon? This close to the shoreline? That, my dear, highly unlikely. Well, we lived through it. Unlikely as it is, it did happen. Are you certain it was what it seemed to be? It it... appeared so to all of us. Do any of us see the conversation going on yet? No, it's hushed. You guys are busy working on other things. Um, This is going completely on without anybody else really noticing at this point. Whatever it was, it looked like a dragon turtle and it killed Sigurd. Well... What I do know about dragon turtles that they're not notoriously intelligent. They tend to be more feral than most of the other dragon ilk. Um, like all dragons, they tend to be very um, obsessed with wealth and magic, and they covet wealth and magic a great deal. Um, they are often, at times can be used by powerful entities or 
those who use magics to be dominated and become subservient to those that master them. Um, but that's very rare. And have that, you ever? I'm sorry. Have you ever mastered one? Have I ever mastered a dragon turtle? No, dear. I do not dine with the uneducated. <laughs> Fair Did enough. you find him if we asked? Do you have a piece of him by chance? Uh, Can I check my teeth? I guess. Um. um well, I, I'll, I'll say that it's it's pretty likely something would have been left behind. Um, yeah, did we find a scale or a tooth or something in uh, the deck? Yeah, I'll I'll say at some point you guys were kind of having a conversation over a small piece of the turtle shell that you kind of saved. And uh, Samara, you go over to the bucket that it was put in and you pull out that fractured piece of shell and you hand it over to Fortuna and she takes it from you and she goes, oh my. She turns it upside down and around. She runs her hand across it. There's a thin bluish red energy that kind of sparks off of her hand as it comes across. Her eyes close. My... This one's old. The old ones never venture out of the depths. Not really sure what this one's doing here, but I certainly enjoy the challenge. Oh, by the way, um, these are for you. He reaches. This is for you and Tobias. This is a very surreal experience. You watch as she holds out her hand and she twists her fingers into a small circle and now forming there a very small blackened hole with some yellow and reddish sparks coming off of it. And she puts her hand through it. He pulls it back out and she's got a rather large backpack. It looks very kind of typical, kind of normal. Um, you do recognize it, Samara. Tobias, you don't. Um, Smar, you recognize it as a bag of holding. Um, she hands it to you and says, um, uh, somebody from the Granite Works or the Smithy in Port Zoon sought me out. A very interesting dwarf. She had quite the colorful personality. She cracked me down at the bazaar, at the market, and handed me this bag and in a very curt way said please I don't want to mock her or make fun of her but he was quite gruff quite insistent please let Miss Sinclair and uh, Fortuna looks at Tobias the young rather strange looking rat I'm sorry, Tobias. Those were her words exactly. Yeah, I'm used to it. Don't worry, Fortuna. I, meet, I understand. Um, evidently, you had left some things behind. Um, I wasn't sure if you planned on returning to port soon, so I figured since I was bringing the documentation for young Tobias here and hoping to have a conversation with Sigurd, um, the equipment and weapons, I believe, that you procured or had made are here. He, like, rattles the bag and hands it off to Samara. Um, would you two mind if I keep this shell fragment? You can, yes, you can keep it. You can keep it. <laughs> uh, well, 
All I can tell you is my friend was getting special clothes made to come and see you and kind of have a date with you. So ah. you had a place in his heart. Well, I can say with absolute certainty, young Tobias, I doubt he felt much. And not all things that walk the earth have a heart that pumps. And with that, I shall speak to you later at some point. As soon as I track down this old curmudgeon-y beast, I will let you know where it went and what it is doing. Um, oh, by the way, I noticed that a few of you have this ship pointed in the direction of Hollyhead. I have left some information there to be... Uh, to the magistrate and the people in charge of Hollyhead. They do have a two-ship dock. No ships are currently docked there. When you get there, please seek out an individual. Um, you know, the individual that controls OneNote and forgot to bring up the Hollyhead tab so that the name of the... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you guys yes, I know that individual <laughs> um, oh, of course uh, tell seek, us the name of course seek out yes. Hollyhead's magistrate he goes by the name of Earhart Whitney um, he owes well he owes me a personal favor I intend to collect on at a later date um, but he definitely owes a couple favors to the gentleman I've left instructions and notations. Um, perhaps he can aid you in some repair work before you make your way to Nicodranas. That's much appreciated, Lady Katina. And just as you say that, there's a flash of like yellow-blue light. Sitting there and kind of flapping its wings is a very small kind of sparrow like bird it flits towards you samara and then towards you tobias and you just watch it and disappear into the darkness <sighs> okay well i take uh i go find uh i go find asborn i'm gonna go find mara with our blood okay And if I find Asborn, I'm going to reach in and take out his armor that's okay. in there. So, Tobias, you're looking for Asborn. Uh, so yeah. Mara, you are looking yes. for Mara. Mara and Fire are over chatting by the helm. Um, you make your way up towards where Asborn seems to be doing her best um, to learn a sheepshank knot and failing quite miserably at it. <laughs> Why do they even call it a sheepshank knot? What? And Tobias, you find Asborn. We can go with you first. Okay. When I walk by, I go, the eel goes around the log and then into the hole and then out again. And then I keep walking. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Samara, you make your way over to the helm and you find Mara and Fire in very quiet conversation. We got our blood back. Oh, great. Um, out. So Fortuna met us here. She showed up and gave us these. She said that you would know what to do with them. 
I mean, there's not really anything to do with them. If they don't have them, they can't track us. Yeah, but if these... Can we get rid of them, though? I don't want anybody else to track us. Um, Mara, as you're looking at the vials and thinking about what Fortuna was using them for, you get the feeling, because it was blood-specific, she might be a blood hunter. Yeah, I kind of picked up on that. (laughs) And you're kind of aware... It's not a particular group that you've ever dealt with, but there there is an there is a blood hunter type that's known as the Oath of the Dragon. Um, I mean, I don't think she didn't do anything to them. You blood hunters just need blood, so I mean, there's there's no spells or enchantments or anything that need to be broken. You just need to dispose of it if you don't want it to be in that vial. Yeah, you okay. see, and, and you guys, and, and Mara seems very certain. I take mine and I just like dump it over the edge of the same boat. Okay. Uh, I'll do the same. Okay. Is Sigrid's in there? Uh, Do you have blood to give? No. He didn't have blood. There were only five. Yeah, there were there were there were only five vials in the bag. Um, you guys dumped out three. The other two are, uh, Asborn and. Um, Tobias. I'm going to yell hey, over Tobias. To <laughs> yeah. You want your blood? Uh, she doesn't mean the one that's in your body right now. Yeah, just throw it over. I don't care. I'll, I'll, Asborn? I'll open his up and don't, and don't, don't care. Okay. Cool. So I'll open Asborn's. Yeah. Um, I kept my vial, by the way. I like emptied it. Now I have an empty vial. Okay. I keep my vial too. In case you never know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I wouldn't have just tossed it over. I would have just, just emptied it. Okay. So you guys have a small leather bag filled with five empty vials. Oh, we should just put the vials all in the same bag and give them to Mara. Oh, thank you. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, uh, how far are we? So, did I get to, to, to Asborn? Well, Samara had the bag. Oh, okay. Well, I need the bag. All right, I'm gonna check it over to him. Too. Okay. Okay. I, I give Fire her bag back. Thank you. And I go here. Sigurd <laughs> might have still been alive if you gave this to me earlier, and I turn around and walk away. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Right to the solar plexus. Good lord, Tobias. <laughs> Brutal. Oh Feel a cat booger yeah. stick in your hair. <laughs> I'm going to hock up some hairballs on your bed later. (laughs) 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 And that's something she's kind of familiar with. Um, But, you know, I'm not to be trusted. And I do a little flourish with my hand. Uh, So I go over to Asborn. Ah, Lady Asborn, guess what we have? And what would that be? I reach in and I pull out a piece of her armor. Yep. Ooh, ooh, that looks pretty. A gift from uh, Lady Fortuna. She brought it to us. And I reach Thank in and I, I reach in and get my rapier and I hand him the bag so he can get the rest of his armor out. Okay. And as you do that, your hand comes across a copper tube with a, a wax seal on it. Um, you look at it and you recognize the gentleman's seal on there. Okay, I open it. You open it, small sheet of paper comes out, and you open it, and 
it seems to be in the writing of the gentleman. Um, and oddly enough, as you read, his voice kind of manifests from the paper itself. There is a bit of a an Asborn. You pick up on like a magical nature of this paper, almost as if this is the way he's going to know and be confirmed that Fortuna did what she was expected to do. For the two of you, this reeks of someone in control, someone who knows what seems to always be going on. He he is definitely adept at the the manipulation of people. And whatever it is he does for a living, he obviously does it quite well. Um, and the paper begins to speak. Well, I must say, Miss Sinclair, the accommodations on these caravans are usually quite lackluster. But it would appear that your uncle made sure that a special wagon was waiting for me. And for that reason, I decided to... Give your armor and <laughs> your young mouse friend there some extra on your equipment. Um, and with that, he goes on to describe your armor of defense. He's, he has had it enchanted for you. Because it, armor of defense? It is masterwork armor called armor of defense. Ooh. It gives you advantage... On opportunity of attacks. It's plus two protection. And it's full plate. Has the benefit of full plate. And because it's armor of defense, you also do not suffer the disadvantage of stealth. Nice. This, this is Mastercraft work that was already quite heavily paid for. The enchantment he put on this or had someone else put on this just kind of gave it that extra uh, bit of strength that he felt that you needed. And, and I'll say that you're familiar with your uncle. You realize that he probably gave Lehman's Mansion care or Lehman's Mansion's wagon to the um, gentleman, which, you know, that's also the personal uh, wagon that often you, the, you know, the high members of your family will use travel because it's essentially a 30 room mansion a magical place that's kind of enchanted into that particular wagon um so he's clearly pulled out all the stops to do as much impressing of the gentleman as much as he can which which makes sense and is also strange at the same time um your uncle does not usually spend this kind of money on anything so whatever he owes this man Let's hope it's paid for because he's expended a bit of wealth helping the gentleman relocate from Zoom to Zorha, Zorhasian uh, territory um, or Zadash, I should say. Um, so there's some wealth there that's been spent, but justifiably so. And you can tell this armor is very light. You spend the next 20 minutes um, uh, trying it on and I'll say... During the course of the next hour, it's going to require attunement. So you'll have to attune okay. to it as well. The portion of the message for you, Tobias, um, there's some laughter and some, uh, some, some kind of casual poking of fun. But you get, the feeling, you get the feeling that 
quite possible that the rather exuberant method of the distraction may have been thought to be your idea. Um, obviously, you were looking for something a lot more violent than what actually happened. So what he was really <laughs> expecting, you're not really sure. Uh, uh, but he goes on to describe your rapier and what he had done to it as well. Um, okay. It is called the Rapier of the Thorns Bite. It is a plus two to attack, plus two to damage. The hilt mm. has been replaced with a mastercrafted ivory and pearlescent handle with a image of a kraken's eye upturned and lidless near the pommel and at the finished end is the gem that was it you that gave him a gem to emboss in there or not i'm not sure but there is uh -huh. a yeah there's, there's the finished gem at the very bottom that is now glowing slightly with a bit of arcane influence um you will have advantage on attacks while wielding this rapier. This particular rapier does 1d12 piercing damage. Ooh. If you strike due to the magical nature of the pommel now, if you strike a natural crit, like a, a true critical hit of 20, natural 20, mm -hmm. it will invoke the ire of the eye and a necrotic blast will emanate out from the eye that's on the handle and the opponent or target of that necrotic blast must make a constitution save DC 16 or mm -hmm. suffer 2D 12 necrotic damage. And it will require attunement as well. And I'll also say at the very bottom of the message, I do believe that that furry little feline friend of yours, uh, I believe her name was Fire, yes? <laughs> Maybe give her this bag of holding. I believe at the tavern that evening, she was all about a bag of holding. So be sure she gets this. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, message vapes. Just disintegrates. Where's, where's my ball? <laughs> Because I ordered a mall. I remember. Oh, yeah, your mall, huh? Yeah, the mall's in there as well. Just a normal mall, right? The mall's normal. It's Mastercraft work. So if you could find someone to enchant it, you could possibly get an enchantment done on it. But it's definitely a Mastercraft work. It does normal mall damage that you would see in the list of equipment. Okay. Time to okay. add that. Got to figure out how to do that thing. Sigward, are you there? No, I'm dead. <laughs> so, we are going to take a moment to resolve some unfinished business, the young Sigward. When the jaw clamped down on your midriff, you felt your torso sever in half. This curse that dominates you won't let you live and it won't let you die. Even as you watch your leg float away out of the mouth of the dragon, even as you begin to lose consciousness for permanent, as you thought to try to 
cling on to this particular life a bit longer, you feel your essence leave, and you watch as a very despondent group of three surface as your energy begins to float into a very familiar space. You don't know how long you float. You don't know how long you've been here. As you ebb in and out of the primordial sea, you begin to focus and feel that familiar packed energy from whoever you made that agreement with begin to coalesce, enshrine you, circle about your body. You feel it pull and tug you in a particular direction. You're being pulled down, down, fast and swirling down. You're being blasted past other visages of souls that remain trapped, unpacked, unhinged, and allowed to not have to be forced back into this material plane that you find yourself being forced back into as well. Your eyes open, but it's dark. Your mouth, you try to talk, but no words come out. You try to move your head. Your head doesn't move. There's a very heavy, damp weight on top of you. You're beginning to suffocate already. You begin to feel the asphyxiation kick in, the familiar feeling of waking up in a grave. You push at the dirt. You begin to claw your slight arms, your narrow fingers digging at the dirt. You manage to get one hand out of the surface of the dirt. You begin to, you take in a big, deep breath of air as you pull yourself out of this somewhat shallow grave. You pull yourself out onto the surface of the ground. You're crawling out of this hole. You're <gasps> breathing heavily. You can feel the pain of the memories again, the the death of your ship, the death of your crew, Yorm's death, his rescue, the meeting of your friends, the pain and the curse of this immortal existence, but never a life you can live. You can never stay in the same body. And now you look at this weak, frail, slender form. Um, you're wearing the rotted tattered remains of some kind of robe of some sort, but this fresh corpse must have been buried within the last couple hours or so. It is devoid of possession. There's nothing here. You look to your right, you see the slight ember of a campfire a hundred feet or so off to your right. You can hear the guttural laugh of rogues and villains talking about the recent robbery and mugging and murder that they just committed. You walk in that direction already, the mind of a fireball spell coming to fruition. You watch that orb begin to form. A few minutes later, you have changed your clothing. You have regained your possessions. The smell of the charred remains of a campsite now obliterated the burnt corpses and forms of whatever they were. You could care less. This is nothing new. Lives come and go all the time. You look down into a starlit 
bay. It is beginning to rain. You can feel it pelt. You can hear the fire hiss, the flames reacting to this rain. You look down into this very pleasant-looking cove, the crack of a sheet of lightning and thunder, not ominous, but very much in the background, kind of coalesces around you. You walk for a few miles down into this cove. The rain picks up pace a bit. It gets a bit... um, The rain picks up the occasional sound of thunder off in the distance. You come across a sign on this road. You see people hurrying down the road, a similar road that you find yourself going down. The sign, you read it, it says, Welcome to Hollyhead. Mind your business. So, back to everybody else on the ship. You guys have no problem making your way into the harbor just as the storm breaks in the middle of the night. It took some piloting skills. Um, There is no uh, pilot assist here. Um, So it took a little extra time for Tobias and Mara to help get the ship as close to the docking as possible. And then through a maneuver of the tenders that you have and the ropes available, you guys managed to safely dock the ship. As you step on to the gangway, uh, down, um, taking just your basic possessions, the ship is yours. Tobias, do you fill them in on the information that you gleaned from Fortuna regarding the ship? Yes. And Tobias is whistling the entire time. He could not be happier as he pats the inside of his vest where he now obtains the ownership documents. He pats the hilt of the rapier at his side. He seems very content. And as he walks down the dock, you hear him whistle a tune about very hairy women of mouse ilk and the need to find some whiskey milk. And immediately, as you guys look about at this town, Hollyhead is probably barely noticeable, not very well known by you, Mara. Its size is bedroom, breakfast and bedroom at best, right? It's very small. It, it's about the size of a hamlet. You can see in the very center of town, as you guys make your way down the dock, You can see an inn. There is a juxtaposed feline figure on the sign. Um, Underneath it in bronze, you see the name Crooked Cat. Um, You can see people coming and going. It's sprinkling the beginnings of thunder. Um, You can see people coming in and out. And each time the door opens, you can see the warmth of a hearth. You can hear... Uh, the bardic music, not very raucous, but very kind of mellow and 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 well-kept. Um, you can see small shops that appear to be closed for the evening. You can see small little bedroom-style cottages and seashore um, uh, stone and wattle-type homes. Um, if you were to... Mara, it strikes you. If you were to have a vacation, maybe you and Albin could make a vacation here. It would be quite interesting. 
Everybody give me insight checks, please. Okay, okay. I got 17. 17. Okay, nice. 17. Nice. Dueling 17. Nice. 18. I got 15. Yeah, so I mean, as a group, this place kind of makes sense. It's quite possible that the best place to hide a criminal syndicate would be out in the open. Um, the gentleman is in the business of moving goods and trade. A, a, a tiny, off-the-beaten-path hamlet like this would make sense. And just as all of you kind of, kind of come to that realization, a very thin gentleman walks up towards you wearing black and gold attire, a uh, high um, kind of like muckluck boots, a heavy cloak over his head, and very long black grayish hair. He goes, um, I'm sorry, but uh, would you happen to know where I could find the storm chasers? Would that be you by chance? Oh my gosh, that is who's, a, who, who's yeah, asking? That's, oh, that's that's a, who's asking? Um, um, <laughs> I received word from um, a, a a partner. Um, um, my name is Earhart Whitney. I was uh, told to meet some individuals called the Storm Chasers here, and yes, that is us. Ah, good. Please, if you'll come with me, and as he leads you in the direction of the Crooked Cat Inn. You watch as out of the darkness, 20, 30 dock workers um, laden with equipment and material, um, ladders and and the beginnings of the works of scaffolding. Um, he looks at all of them and goes, yeah, it's the ship. Um, please, um, I believe they need the work done this evening, so have at it. Um, and he leads all of you to the entrance of the Crooked Cat Inn. He opens the door. Um, there's laughter, chit-chat going on. You can hear um, people talking, the smell of food. For all of you being at sea and all the trials and challenges that you've gone through, for the first time, Sigurd's loss begins to settle in. The creature comforts of not being under direct threat is almost forced on you at this point. And it's at that point you watch as clearly the band is made up of some bardic individuals. They seem to be very purposefully playing music that is both inspiring and soothing, almost in a magical nature. Um, so all of you now have Bardic Inspiration of 1d10. Nice, nice. That, that is separate from any DM Inspiration. DM Inspiration is permanent. The Bardic Inspiration is good for the next 24 hours. Okay. Um, if you'll come with me, I have already made accommodations for you. And I have a table over here prepared as well. Thank you. Hasborn, is this how you live, like, all the time? This is amazing. 
I mean, yes. <laughs> this, is this something good? <laughs> this is good the norm. I mean, for you, Sinclair, this is this is kind of you know um, slumming it a little bit. I mean, it's nice. <laughs> you know, it's nice. The accommodations look average. I mean, this is really nice to everybody else. I mean, Tobias is. Eh, like, it's so so. <laughs> you guys make your way over to the table. It is laden with soups and cheese and vegetables and fruits. Anything you could want to eat is here. There's pitchers of ale, bottles of wine, um, a couple bottles of the heavier liquor um, as well. Um, it's This is nice. It's comfortable. It's relaxing. You guys take a seat, listen to the music. All of you are now around the table. Um, and our heart looks at you and goes, um, well, very well. Uh, we don't have a lot of spare rooms here. Um, you'll have to um, double. Well, there's only five of you, but um, here are two keys. Um, the rooms are have uh, three beds each. Um, they're decent accommodations. Best we have, the two biggest rooms that we have. Um, they are yours until you do not need them. Um, who can I bring the information to in regards to the ship once I know more? Captain Tobias. I'm going to point over to Tobias. Uh, Tobias, Tobias, would you like to take care of that or would you like your first mate to deal with all that? Tobias pulls his head out of the giant ale mug to look at you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can talk to my first mate here. That would oh. be me then. Ah. Oh. Well, and your name would be I, I don't think Markai. Markai, good to meet you. I would feel strange calling each of you a storm chasee, chaser. I'm not really sure how that works, but I should know more within the next couple of hours in regards to the condition of your ship. Is there you. anything else I can do for you? Thank you, Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> you watch as Asborn kind of side eyes you. Uh, thank you very much. And food and food and rest is what we need. Ah, yes, it's yes. Back out into the storm. <laughs> he kind of turns. You watch as he reaches into a, his pocket. He opens up a small parchment. He's not trying to hide it or anything. And he looks at it and he reads it. You watch. The others are confused, but Samara and Tobias, you watch as whatever he's reading suddenly disintegrates in his hands, and you watch as he walks out the front door, and you hear the door clack. Um, the steady sound of people talking and uh, going back and forth. You guys are now at the table, enjoying an early evening's meal. The storm, it's not really that much of a storm, it's just raining. With the occasional thunder rolling through, what would you guys like to do? I stand on the table. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I raise a toast to our friend. Exactly what I was going to do. Just a word. Just a word. Okay, you guys all toast. Pull back your beverages. Drain my entire ale all the way down. Okay. What else are you guys doing? Did we take all of our stuff off the ship with us? We have uh, like all of our bags and things. I have my cursed stuff. 
you have yeah, whatever was, what you have whatever you are wearing. Um, if you want to bring more, I mean, it's going to look a little suspicious with a huge amount of luggage. Um, there was no reason for you to believe that it would be on threat on the ship. And I'll even say if you want to retcon a bit, you can glyph and ward it if you have any of those. I think I do. Let me check. Yeah. And you've got no reason to believe you're under I don't threat believe. here. Yeah. I don't believe anyone's going to touch any of our things. I mean, I if they I... want to take my giant iron box with my sword, they can have it. I think our yeah. friend. I think our friend would Love hear them. of it, and he wouldn't be too happy. I mean, we can put it in one room and uh, and set an alarm on that one room. I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't really care one way or the other. I was just thinking if we had brought I, it with I us. I probably now. wouldn't. Have, I mean, I probably would have brought like my little bag that I carry with me, but the right. rest of my stuff would have stayed on the ship in my room. Yeah, I'll say your most convenient personal possessions you brought, including your weapons and armor and. Um, my bag. Yeah. The cursed items. Okay. Um, what what time is it currently? It's early evening. It's like seven ish. Okay. Do I have the skull in the bag? Is the skull with the diamond dust in the bag? Yeah. Well, or does it? I was, I, was, I, I was. I was never told it was put back into the chest. Was I? I don't remember. No. No. It no, was he in put the it bag. in the bag. Yeah. It was, it was. It was in my backpack because it's in his backpack. Yeah, so I right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't so we know can just like open up your and have a chat. <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> and I'll say, Earhart has put you in a section of the inn where you could feel pretty free to talk here. There's no one nearby. Most of the other tables and the main bar are far enough away that no one's probably going to pick up up on what you're doing from where you're sitting. Um, in fact, uh, you know, it looks as if he probably intended to keep you separate from everybody else anyways. Okay. Oh, Guys, I, wanna... need a, I need to be right back. I need uh, a break. Okay. I have to check oh, the front. Okay. I, have to, I have to check the front desk. I'll be okay. right back. No worries. Okay. What are, the rest of you do? what are the rest of you doing at this point? You're... Sitting around, eating your meal, drinking your ale, wine, your whiskey, or, or whatever you choose to imbibe in this evening. Um, I'm just I'm just chilling. I'm glad we're alive, and I'm. I mean, we don't really have a plan from here. I'm hoping to get some rest. Yeah. Are there any other patrons? There are. There are three or four individuals at the bar. Um, two female, three male. Um, they appear to be. In very casual attire, nothing too fancy. There's maybe three or four occupied tables with different types of people at them, um, a variety. You can see um, a couple elves. Um, you can see even a dwarf sitting at another table having a conversation with a halfling. Um, the band is made up of three individuals. Um, one does appear to be a tiefling uh, who seems to be strumming her bardic instrument currently. The other two are playing harps and lutes. Um, she is strumming a uh, mandolin-like guitar. Um, and it's, it's it's a very calm, relaxing kind of feel right now. Uh, 
Um, so no one is like raucous or anything. It's very chill. It appears to be very chill. Yes. All right. Um, I'm just gonna fill up another ale and put that one back. Okay. Go ahead and give me a Constitution check, really quick. Constitution save. Sorry, con save. Eleven. Okay, you're a little buzzed. The ale's not particularly strong. It's definitely not like that amazing stuff that was at the the Marriott uh, Tavern. Uh, guys, have any thoughts on the name of the ship? The Crimson Mouse. Uh, I don't know, man. It's I don't know. I'll give you guys an option to like name it something else. I, I think no that we should wait. That. I think we should wait on naming it until we find out whether it's going to make it. It still needs a lot of repairs. Uh, Did you not see all those guys out there uh, fixing uh, our ship for us? I mean, yes, but at the same time, like we have a storm that's coming in. I know we're in, I think, in dock. What do you think? No. I was going to say, I think our ship should have something to do with storms. You're so ship. negative. <laughs> what, what happened the, to you uh, as a child to make you that negative? The storm breaker. Or like the... I thought, I thought we were the storm breakers. No, we're, we're the storm, the storm chasers. chasers. Right? And so our ship has to be something to do like it. Like the... Like it harnesses the storm or like the, the, I don't know. I was thinking of one. The sea it paladin. Is. Sea paladin. In honor of Sigurd. I like it. Aww. It's a very cute mouse. I approve. At least I'm a mouse now and not a rat. <laughs> Who's stepping up in the world? <laughs> Yeah, you guys want that. That's I mean, that's fine by me. All right. I'm good with whatever you guys feel like doing. So with this, you notice that the band kind of picks up pace a little bit. The foot traffic gets a little heavier. It's quite possible that either other individuals who have finally closed up their shops and maybe got their other work done are beginning to show up in the evening now. It's getting a little bit more... Um, uh, raucous. Um, the music has picked up its pace. People are beginning to circle the uh, the bards that are playing, and you can't help but notice that as the tiefling plays, she is inducing magic while she plays. You can see like illusionist type sparks kind of flourishing about the stage. You can see. Uh, at first, uh, uh, eagles uh, like soaring up and around through the entire ceiling of the tavern. As you watch, everybody now staring and just, just either clapping or reacting in awe at what's going on. The everybody seems very intent on the presentation. Um, every time there's a crescendo, crescendo in the music, people cheer at the at the topmost point of the highs and the lows of the music. The magic that is pulsing about from the effect of the music is quite intense. Um, all of you actually now have a boon from this effect. For the next 24 hours, you have the 
You now have the boon of temporary rest. In the next 24 hours, if you take a short rest, it'll have the same effect as a long rest. Yeah. Nice. And Fire and Samara and Asborn, you're Bardic, right? Yeah. I'm and, a and, and, and Asborn, um, give me Arcana checks really quick, please. Okay. Okay. Just like I thought, this is why I failed Bard School. Oh, where did this one go? Five. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I failed out of Bard in college. <laughs> I was on the sports team. D's get degrees, uh, right? <laughs> I got an 18. Um, okay, Samara. This act that you're watching is purposefully done. Um, this tiefling is unfamiliar to you. Um, she's heavily tattooed. You can see the tattoos covering her body. Um, her horns are fully curled, which tells you she's more mature than the average tiefling. She's probably in her late fifties. Um, not that you have an overabundance of knowledge of tiefling biology. She's wearing leathers that are yellow, blue, and red. Her reddish skin contrasts very heavily with her silver and gold tattoos. And you notice every now and then an arcane wisp of energy curls away from her body and you watch as the tattoo where it curled from disappears. Feeling her magic is physically manifesting from her and these ingratiated feelings and this soothing effect and this Happy feeling is very much magical in nature. Not malicious, but definitely magical in nature. I'm going to be watching, and if she makes eye contact with me, I'm going to lift my glass up to her. Okay. Uh, give me persuasion or performance. How, many, how, many, how much have you drunk so far? I've just had one. Okay. Yeah, Mara's probably on her third or fourth by now. She likes to drink. Yeah. Um, I'll say, you know what? Give me persuasion. Okay. Oh, that's a five. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, spill you know, beer on my face. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of you kind of raise your tankard in her direction. At that moment, Mara kind of like bumps into you, and the tankard kind of sloshes back on you, and you're now kind of like the front of you is covered with ale, like down the front. <laughs> Um, Mara's like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I laugh it off. It's fine. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So Sigward, or what used to be Sigward, you are currently hunched over listening to this amazing bardic music. Um, your clothes have finally dried. You've finally got something they call food in your stomach. You've never really cared that much for it. Drink is okay. Um, there is a familiar looking group at a very familiar table inside this tavern. Mm. What would you like to do? Scooch closer. 
Okay. You casually <laughs> make your way over to a table that's somewhat closer. I don't know what to roll for Scooch, so we'll just let that go. Um, you I was imagining, I was imagining him like dragging his butt along the floor as <laughs> you know, like a dog, going dog butt cast, Scooch. <laughs> I'm going to cast a spell on Ritual. Uh, or is it find familiar? Okay. What are you call, What are you summoning? I am summoning a mouse. Okay. Um, it takes an hour, correct? Ten yep. minutes. Or ten, oh, because you're ritual casting it. Sorry. Tobias gets up and goes over and sits by you. Far too simple. Um, ten minutes. Yeah, goes, cast, ten, casting time for it's an hour, isn't it? Oh, hour ten. Ten. Yeah. Yeah, hour and ten. So as you sit there, you watch as they continue to drink and. They're not having a good time, but they're having a relaxing time. You get the feeling that they're definitely being influenced by the music. And, um, you know, the bard who's currently playing on the stage, you're picking apart her magic with ease. You understand that she must be an artificer of some kind because she somehow has managed to infuse her magic into her tattoos and she's very good at playing her instrument but you pick up on the fact that her magic's actually coming from those tattoos not actually from her bardic playing it's the other three behind her that appear or the other two behind her that appear to be bards that 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 bardic inspiration that you currently feel that 1d10 that you currently have is that inspiration that you feel um, an hour and ten minutes goes by. One eye on your friends while they seem to be enjoying their meal, having polite conversation, watching the performance. You hear a little squeak inside your sleeve as your mouse comes into existence. What would you I'm like? going to send the mouse over to Tobias. Okay. It quickly skitters through. Um, have the mouse give me uh, acrobatics, please. Jumping from chair to chair. I want to make sure no one steps on it accidentally. Crunch. Yeah, time to summon another one. Yeah. Got, got an 11. 11. You watch as a very drunken water genasi missteps and poof, accidentally steps on your mouse. I slam my head into the table. <laughs> Fire, what's your passive perception? 17. 17. Um, are you being deceptive at this point? Big word? No. I'm just slamming my head to the table. You look, you hear a thud through the pause in the music, and then the music starts back up. You see an individual just kind of at a table not more than maybe 20, 30 feet from where you guys are all currently at. And Fire, you watch... This individual looks very thin. Can't really see his face or her face for all that matter. You just watch as this individual's head just kind of dunk right onto the table and almost like in frustration. Okay. I continue watching the character and. Okay. Digward, what are you doing? Nursing my drink. Okay. Plan A did not work. Plan B, Mage Hand. 
Okay. I'm going to cast Mage Hand, and I'm going to lift the giant pirate hat from his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Do I see that? Give me, give me sleight of hand. Do I see him casting it? Oh. Nobody touches. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen. Um, now give me deception with advantage. That didn't sound good. I rolled a two and a natural twenty. <laughs> oh, okay. So what's your deception bonus? Plus one. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. So fire, go ahead and give me perception check. Okay. Does a sleight of hand already beat your passive? So now you're trying to beat his deception. You have to roll a 21 or higher. I did not. Okay. I only rolled a uh, 13. Okay. Mara accidentally um, distracts you because you watch as she picks up her boot and she's jumping on one foot. She goes, oh, shit, I think I stepped on something. She's reaching down <laughs> and she's pulling a pl- something like she thought was on her boot, but then she realized it's gone. It poofs out from underneath her foot and she yeah. accidentally bounces into you. Um, and distracts you for a moment. Um, Tobias, what's your passive perception? My passive perception is double because it's my hat. Uh, (laughs) My passive 17. Okay. Um, Everybody at the table, you suddenly see Tobias sitting there with his face buried in a beer, a disembodied hand is holding the hat up and over and is now beginning to drift. Is it drifting back towards you, Sigward? Oh, yeah, it is. You Can watch it? as it's drifting past you. I'll say because his it? deception was so high and, and everyone's passive missed this, none of you have a chance to grab it as it quickly whisks away over to that mysterious figure sitting at the other table. I try to calculate how many ales I've had. <laughs> Give me a con save, please. I jump on top of the table. I point in the Eleven. direction the hat went. Okay. Do I, I see where the hat went? As you pull your face out of the tankard of ale, yes. What'd you get on your uh, con save, Mara? Eleven. Eleven? You're drunk. Um, best you figure you've had only two beers. <laughs> best you I, could tell, two ales. And you're bleary-eyed looking at this floating hat going towards somebody sitting at a table. Very confused. Yeah, a little confused. <laughs> I want to run across the table, do a front flip onto his table while drawing my sword in midair and landing there. Uh, give me acrobatics. Okay. Come on, baby. 18, so... 29. You guys watch as Tobias quickly jumps on to the table, deftly makes his way through the platters of half-eaten food. He leaps down onto the ground, runs in the direction of his hat. He leaps up onto your table, Sigurd, and does a semi-half-twist somersault. His sword pointed directly at you just as he lands directly in front of you. Your hat in your mage hand's hand and you and Tobias are now staring at each other face to face 
Tobias, give me an insight check. Okay. And I'm like, nobody touches a man, another man's hat. I got a, my perception, 17. Insight. Oh, insight, insight. Insight. Okay, that's going to be lower. <laughs> 11. 11. Um, you're looking at this face. It's unfamiliar to you. Uh, Sigurd, go ahead and describe yourself. Uh, I am going to be a, like a younger, much younger than Sigurd, kind of um, human, probably like mid-twenties, kind of like clean-shaven face, droopy, like kind of dark on like dark bags under his eyes, messy black hair, just kind of very plain face. And I'll say for you, Tobias, staring at this individual... There's two things that stand out to you. The pallor of his skin is a very familiar grayish white pallor. And there's something about those eyes that makes you incredibly suspicious of this individual. Hmm. I wanted to follow. You follow? Oh, are we fighting? Yeah. Are we fighting? <laughs> I try to draw my rapier and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a deck save with disadvantage, please, Mara. She gonna fall out. Oh, of the tree. Natural twenty and a six for a fourteen. <laughs> you go to reach down for your rapier and pull it out. The sheath of the rapier catches on the chair. The chair catches on the edge of the table leg. The table leg kind of shifts. One of the platters kind of like falls at your feet. You slip slightly on some overcooked onions and you nearly fall back just in time for Mara to reach out and attempt to grab you. Mara, give me a athletics check, please. You mean Sam? Or sorry, Sam. I always do that. You two sound so alike online. <laughs> yeah, so it's alike. scary how alike they sound. Right? <laughs> damn, damn teachers. All right. I'm doing, what was it? Athletics? Uh, yes. Um, well, that's an eight. <laughs> You Down I go. Yeah, you watch as <laughs> Samara quickly reaches out like she's being all badass about it, like she expects you to get drunk and silly. And her fingertips just brush at the front of your halter and you just shoot, land on your ass looking up. And those magical effects are still kind of swirling about you. And you're like, oh, wow, these lights are really pretty as you're looking <laughs> at them. Um, Fire, you're now alongside Tobias. Um, Asborn, what are you doing with all this going on? I'm watching this. This is great. Okay. Fire. <laughs> I'm drunk out of my mind and I'm just watching. Fire, give me a perception check. Okay, okay. Ooh, I rolled a 19, so 26. 26, nice. You walk up to where Tobias has his rapier out pointed at this individual at the table. The hat is still floating there with the mage hand. This individual, as described, um, you, it's almost uncanny. This is almost the exact what you'd expect Sigward to look like if he was like a young human asshole. Like being who he was, big and all burly, and he, he always seems to have this personality. It's strange how this individual chose to pick on Tobias. It's strange, the stare and that familiar smirk on its face. But those eyes, you can't hide those eyes. Those eyes are Sigurd. But this, this is not Sigurd. 
And just as you come to that realization, you all of you hear the door burst open. Um, the music kind of stops momentarily, but then there's a huge raucous laughter and the music picks up even more as you look to see 18 mouse folk come pouring in, all wearing pirate attire and garb. Uh, Tobias, your jaw drops open as you look over to see a familiar pirate captain look directly at you. And the two of you lock eyes for a minute and all the room hears is, Hey, Tobias, you rat bastard. Let's roll some bones. <laughs> and that's where we're going to finish tonight. <laughs> Found his buddies. Oh, man. <laughs> What's going on? Thank you for joining us this session for the telling of this, our tale of the Menagerie Coast. Join us next week as the story continues.